This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, you know it's Taz and Moose. You know it's Taz and Moose. Hey. Uh, yes, it is Taz and the Moose with you here on this Tuesday morning on CBS Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Millions of Americans finance the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage, push button, get mortgage. Mike Pete across the way. Bogus, your updates, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Attention hotline fans. Number to call. We're going to talk a little baseball. Jeff Blum is going to join us. Uh, uh, Astros analyst, former MLB infielder, will join Taz and myself coming your way about 40 minutes from now. Oh. Here we go. You all right? How's the toe? Oh, no. Toe's fine. I had too many Reese's peanut butter cups. Yeah, oh, good stuff. Jesse, too many. I had six during the break. Oh, A lot of them. Oh, yeah. It's cheat day, bro. Cheat day. They're solid. Oh. Yeah, these are big ones, too. Big Pumpkin Jones. All right. Jesse did a nice job. That was really nice of him. He did. That's going out of your way. I mean, that's going above and beyond. Yeah, that's a job by Jesse. You know, some candy. That's, that's a nice job. Yeah. Like he bought us two, you know, Ford Mustangs here. Please relax. I was a little concerned about when he sent the tweet about exactly what was coming. I know. I was concerned too because you know, I didn't know. I didn't know it was. <laughs> was yeah. Like, well, he's a proud member of the We Over Nation. I think that needs to be pointed out. So. Oh, I, I said a hashtag We Over. Did. I, I, did. I did say but that. But no, sometimes and, you say that like just out of you do do that a lot. Even oh, sarcastic! Yeah, random yeah. sarcastic. No, I know, I know. You will say that. I, I, did, I, nowhere, so. I, I agree with that he he. Uh, I did give him. I did give you a pop for that, and we over nation a pop for that. I just was concerned in terms of when it was. Taz, your package is coming today. Boost, your package is coming tomorrow. I was a little nervous. I was like, oh, interesting. We contacted glad you. I only, glad security. I work 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern time, <laughs> and I will not be there over the duration well, you were here of the last day. Night. You were doing a special. You should have checked. Only you were in remote. I wasn't here, yes. <laughs> from the house, you did it. No. No. Where, where was this remote? We were at uh, Empire City in Yonkers. Oh, wow. Fancy. Right. Yeah, at the pub. You had a little burger and fries, some beer? Uh, I actually had a, a, I had no beer. I'm working. I had a steak sandwich. Why can't you have a beer while you're on the air? What's the big You're not allowed to do that? No. Huh. Huh. No. I know guys in broadcasters drink heavy liquor. I know. Well, I understand. I know somebody that, that <laughs> I exactly. Can't. I know somebody that, that does a, a very successful show that the first show that they did showed up with a six-pack of beer. There you go. Like you and walk we're told, in. and we're told you can't do that. Yeah, you. Well, I didn't drive. I took the train. Like, oh, you can't get bombed while you're doing national radio or local radio, or whatever. Correct. Doing. And that and that got nipped in the bud. But that and that's a true story. I so you it. can't wear a hood and you can't drink pound beers while you're on the air. Correct. That would have uh, yes. no hood. What if I pack that. a lip while I'm on the air? Can I do that? Yes, you can do that. I know guys that do that. Do I know really? play by play guys that do that. Yeah, I, I know one guy who does it. I can't. I can't do it. No, I can't do it either. But I do know guys that uh, that do play by play that pack a lip. I give him credit. You can't tell. No, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't know Bilotti knows. Bilotti packs lip. No, he knows who I'm talking about. Imagine me trying to do that. That'd be funny. That'd be awful. Yes, <laughs> vomiting all over yourself, <laughs> tripping on your throw up. Funny. Uh, all right, here we go. The three. Oh! 
It is now time for the three. We get you caught up on the three biggest headlines of the day with Taz and the Moose. Number one. The Patriots smashed the Jets 33 to 0. They certainly do on Monday Night Football. Uh, the, they are third, uh, the 7 0 star for the New England Patriots. Plus 175 uh, point differential, second best uh, through seven games in NFL history. Mentioned that 1920 Buffalo team. Uh, the All-Americans in 1920. I think they were plus 213. Um, yeah, then you have a scenario last night where they kept on blitzing, blitzing, blitzing. The Jets made no adjustment whatsoever. Sam Darnold was atrocious. Five turnovers, four picks, and a lost fumble. He was god-awful. Adam Gase his coach, and the coaching staff was terrible for the Jets. A non-competitive game. Bill Belichick with that wry smile at the end of the game, Taz. Uh, and uh, the Patriots kind of a tour de force defensive performance, and that's the one thing you want to look at this complexion of this AFC, which we talked about earlier. I mean, it's the Patriots and it's everybody else because that defense is unbelievable and legit. Oh, they're great. Yeah, defense is great. Yeah, unfortunately, my team's in that same conference, the Bills, but it's about what happened with the Jets. The Jets got just smoked 33 to nothing, and it was just bad. Sam Donald looked really bad. At one point, he sat on the bench because he was mic'd up. He's seeing ghosts. A lot of people are running with this ghost thing. I think it was just more that there were just defensive backs coming all over the place, linebackers blitzing off the edge. Everywhere he looked, he had people in his face. Not a lot of help. The blocking scheme by the offensive line, uh, by the coaching staff, and by the running backs coach, and the, the way they're blocking guys in the backfield sucked. Absolutely horrendous. I understand how great Belichick's defense is. This Patriots team is loaded with great athletes, this defense especially. I know that. We heard Tom Brady before the game uh, with Randy Moss compliment how great the defense is of the Patriots. But you got to have some kind of a, a just a better schematically a system in place blocking something. This kid Donald was getting blitzed left and right. They, it was just like it, it was like watching an NFL team against like a, a community college team. It was unbelievable. Oh, it was unbelievable. It was a, a good old fashioned butt whooping. Um, however, way you want to describe it, a non-competitive. It was a, a brutal performance by the Jets, and and the Patriots were really good. And you could have concerns. I think Darnold will bounce back. Um, I do. I still think he's a really good young quarterback. Taz. I think he's going to be a player in this league. I got to see more from Adam Gase. If I'm a Jet fan, I'm a little concerned about the head coach. And I'm not a fan. Uh, I, yeah, and, and I don't love him either. Um, I don't love the fact that he's thrown his team under the bus after some of these losses before then putting the blame on himself. There were issues down in Miami, Taz. And you got to tell me, I mean, as a coaching staff, when you are getting zero coverage and they're blitzing you and blitzing the bejesus out of you the entire game, you mean to tell me you do not adjust to get the ball out of hands of Darnold quicker here? You don't mean to bring in, a, you know, make sure you max protect to make sure the quarterback feels comfortable. I mean, to the point where he throw, he's 11 of 32 for 85 yards and four picks. Yeah, you can't put that all on the kid. And you're right. I mean, like we talked earlier, I mean, run some screenplays, run a draw, do something that's to slow down this blitz. Don't try to keep stretching the field. It's just it was dumb what they were doing. It just made no sense. This guy Gaze, how did this guy get his job? I know. Well, he's good friends with uh, Peyton Manning. I'm not saying that Gaze can't coach Taz. He's good they... friends with Peyton Manning. I remember we talked about that. Who cares? Remember that? And he worked with Peyton out there in Denver, and he helped with Cutler in Chicago. I mean, I, I think the, I think Adam Gaze. I think he's a good football coach. I don't know if he's yeah. a good head coach. You think he's a good coach? I think he could coach offense. I don't know if he's a good head coach. I'll put it to you that way. You know, there's a difference, yeah. Taz. Oh, I mean, there, there are guys that are can 
No, Todd Bowles. Todd Bowles is a good defensive coordinator. That's true. I wouldn't want him to be a head coach of my team, but he can coach defense. Right, right. It's like my guy McDermott. He's a good defense coordinator for years, good head coach. Yes, you're right He's about that. Coach. And I there's like guys him. that can transition that, and there are other guys that, that can't. Um, you know, here, let me just say one thing. Yeah. Hold, let me just on, on the Bills. I was wearing my Bills hat for a second, Mr. Bill. The cool thing about McDermott, we never talk about him. And that's a sign of a guy doing a good job. That's fair. There's never, you know what I mean? It's never about him. He doesn't say something stupid. He doesn't do things that are dumb on the field as a coach. We never talk about my man, Sean McDermott. Never, because he's the man. That's why. Uh, here is Tom Brady talking about the – Yeah, I, I, don't, I like McDermott as a coach. Don't disagree. Here's Brady on the victory him. last night. Good balance. Um, different kind of distributions of the ball and so forth. And, uh, you know, big guys did a good job up front kind of running it. We had some good passes in there. Shut and uh, it's just good execution. So – Good execution, which is is what you need, and uh, especially to sustain long drives. Watch you move already. Uh, time for the ecstatic Bill Belichick. Here you go. We have a lot of good players, and um, they played well tonight. So give the players credit for you know their effort and um, you know their playmaking. We'll see what happens next week. You know we got a big challenge out of us with the Browns, so we'll see what happens. You, but, you know that. each week's a challenge in this league, and you know you're only as good as your last game. So we'll have to. You know, see what we can do next week. Yeah, he does that suck teeth sound. That yes, suction teeth. That... Yes, he does. Bad habit for a very intelligent man. Sucking the saliva out of his teeth. Yeah, there yes. it is. Wow, yes. Heat the body. Stud. How about Stud. Jet head coach Adam Gaze, the eyes. Uh, here he is after what was a beatdown last night. Brutal. We just didn't, we didn't do anything right. All three phases, we were bad. It was just bad performance. Can't play that long play that way against these guys unless it'll look like that and it's not good we got a lot of work to do oh there's no doubt about that how about sam Darnold? taz mentioned it espn uh espn mike he was mic'd up last night picked up the fact he was seeing ghost after one of his interceptions sitting on the bench here he is describing what he meant by that i just gotta see the field a lot better that's kind of what that means and um you know just it was it was a rough day out there rough night out there and obviously i gotta be better and Learn from the mistakes, uh, but we, we will get better. Well, hey, you're not playing against UCLA anymore here, buddy. No. You know I mean? <laughs> when is that USC? You know? Yes. A little bit different story. A here. little bit of a different yeah. story. <laughs> and uh, about an hour, I'd say about uh, 70, 80 minutes ago, Taz, news came down. Adam Schefter tweeted out, the Patriots got stronger oh, after last night's loss God. because they've acquired Mohamed Sanu from the Atlanta Falcons for a second-round draft choice. So... Mohamed Sanu, the former Scarlet Knight star collegiately, Bengal Falcon, is now a New England Patriot. And he's a smart guy, runs good routes, can do a lot of different things to help out your offense. You can be creative. He can run it. He can throw it. You can do a lot of different things with Sanu. Uh, I think that's a really good acquisition by New England. Absolutely. And how happy are you if you're... Oh, that rhymes. How happy are you if you're Sanu? Oh, I mean, really, dude. I mean, how <laughs> just tremendous. I'm like a, I'm a anyway. Yeah. So I mean, you're getting off a dreadful one and six Falcon team, which your head coach is on the cusp of being Gonski, and here you are going to the grand high exalted mystic ruler Bill Belichick, and where you're just going to flourish there with Tom Brady. Tom, Tom Brady. I mean, this 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 kid Sanu is going to be excellent on that team. It, when I saw when you mentioned this news at, uh, during our show here, I didn't realize it happened. I wasn't looking at my phone or the Twitter. I'm like, oh no, 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 no. As a Bills fan, it sucks. You don't want to hear that these guys got stronger. They're tough enough to beat. 
Yeah, and, and and I get it, but they also realized the weakness they had on offense at the wide receiver position. They needed I to get know. better, and they just got better. And I agree with you. As a Bills fan, you don't want to hear it. Uh, but for a Patriot fan, you're ecstatic. They made the news going to help you out. They made that kid. Tom Brady made that kid. What's his name? Myers. Uh, uh, what's his name? The kid was. They made, they made that kid look great. The kid was five of five. What's his name? Jacoby Myers. That's yeah, name? Well, he Jacoby? hit nine. He hit nine different receivers. A combination of tight ends, running backs, and receivers. Not all receivers, but you know what I mean. Guys, yeah. he had nine different players caught footballs last night for the New England Patriots. Um, Jacoby. He, Sorry. He, yeah, Jacoby Myers. He spreads the football around. There you I go. Know, so, Mohamed Sanu now a Patriot. All right, next. Number two. Zion Williamson undergoes knee surgery out six to eight weeks. Yeah, the you know it, it's disappointing. It's opening night in the NBA. You got a doubleheader: Pelicans in Toronto to take on the Raptors, Clippers and Lakers out there in Los Angeles at the Staples Center is the late game. NBA gets going. NBA fans like uh, Baseglia across the way. This is basically a, a holiday. They can't wait. Taking it, eating it up all with a spoon. Now the problem you have is. Zion Williamson's a young star, took over the nation at Duke, couldn't stay healthy last year at Duke. You brought up the fact that he was hurt at AAU, which I did not know at the time. And now he's dealing with, he dealt with knee soreness during the course of the preseason. Now he suffered a knee injury. It's six to eight weeks, scope toward meniscus. He's going to be out. Now you have concerns about his durability here long-term down there in New Orleans. No one's doubting his ability, Taz. He shot 72% from the floor in preseason. He can play. And he's a young star in this league that everyone wants a piece of. However, he's got to stay healthy on the court, and you could be concerned about whether or not he's going to be able to stay healthy for the duration of a year or the entirety of his career when his when his career starts with him being banged up. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's the thing. And listen, so in the summer league, I talked about this earlier with you, man. In the summer league in Vegas, he he, had, he was out after like eight nine minutes of play uh, with a bruised left knee, and he didn't play the whole summer league. Okay, now I believe the knees he has the meniscus issue with that he's having scope is his right knee. And then uh, you mentioned that Duke, he couldn't stay on the field because of the knee. And he blew the sneaker out and all that stuff. Then an AAU ball, he hurt a knee. I mean, listen, we talked about this a whole bunch earlier. So if you didn't hear it, go listen to the podcast, Taz and the Moose. Okay, you go over there and you listen to it, right? Here's the thing this guy might have a situation, this kid, where he's just not. His body's not hardened where he's gonna he might get hurt a lot. He might be injury prone, especially those knees. And he's gotta keep an eye on his weight because he's a big kid, 6'6, 285. He's gotta watch his body weight. He can't do any cardio work while he's out with his meniscus. So just stay away from the Reese's peanut butter cups and the whatchamacallit, Zion. Yeah. <laughs> stay away from Jesse. Don't Jesse Perez is now sending you a care package. <laughs> <laughs> So there you have it. Williamson won't be playing tonight. He's out for the next six to eight weeks. All right, next. Number three. Game one of the World Series begins tonight in Houston. Mad Max Coltrane. Better nickname. Mad Uh, Max or the Coltrane. I would say Mad Max. They're both kind of ripoffs. Well, of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they really are. (laughs) Well, Coltrane on Soul Train. No. Mad Max. No. No. Coltrane is from my former broadcast colleague, alumni with you, Michael Cole, when he would go out and take the crew out drinking on a WWE's dime. 
you get it. I got you. It was called the cold train. I got But no you. one knew that, there but I just broke that news here. <laughs> I mean, uh, good so, to know. Yeah. So. Good to know. Everyone got loaded up on the coal train. Yeah. That was it. That's a true story. <laughs> so, I believe you. I believe you. Um, so, you got Garrett Cole and Max Scherzer on the mound tonight down in Houston. Nats and Astros. I think it's setting up for a really good series. I really do. Um, I think it's going to be fun. I know it's not the two biggest markets. We all know that. Um, but I think you got two really good teams. As long as Washington can play to the level they were playing at in the NLCS, I think anyone can win this series. I got the Nats. You like the Strohs. Yeah, I love the um, I'm going to go with Washington winning this series. Uh, I think they got that little bit of a magic carpet ride. I think it continues. Scherzer's they got to keep it going tonight. But it's going to be fun tonight. Scherzer and Garrett Cole. Oh. Old-fashioned baseball. Oh. We're not talking about bullpenning. We're talking about dominant starting pitching and see which offense can scratch across a couple of runs to find a way to win a game. I mean, you got Scherzer with 243 strikeouts, I believe it was reading earlier, and Cole is above 320 strikeouts. Yeah, I mean, these guys are just the ERAs of, you know, 2.92. I'm looking at right now for Scherzer and 2.50 oh, for Cole. These guys are animals on the hill, man, and this is going to be a battle. I mean, you don't look for You're not going to get a bunch of hits and runs in this game. I doubt it. I think this is going to be a good old-fashioned battle. You know as well as me, Moose, both these guys are going to show up tonight ready to go. It's going to be something, man. These two guys are two of the best in the game for sure. Come up later on this hour at 8.40 a.m. Eastern time, Jeff Blum is going to join Taz and myself. We'll break down the World Series. But there you have it, your three big storylines here on this Tuesday morning. The Fall Classic gets going tonight. Zion Williamson out six to eight weeks. Knee surgery. Uh, for the uh, for the New Orleans Pelicans and Monday Night Football was a absolute butt whipping by the Patriots over the Jets, thirty three nothing in the final. Your calls eight five five two one two four two two seven. Taz Moose undercard stories we missed comes your way next right here CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. All right, CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your you car hear, insurance. you hear the mocking, Moose? Mocking during the break? I did, came yes. Back? That I was did. nice, right? You had a good response, though. By Andrew Bogus? Yeah. Yeah, we can't say my response. Yeah, but no, yeah. you can't say it on the air. No, good. But you had a good response. <laughs> pretty Thanks simple response. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a nice nice retort. Well done. Wasn't much creativity in that comeback. No, no but it got the point across. <laughs> and and he and he shut his mouth. So that's really what it was. Uh, he went he went back into the corner. That's funny. <laughs> What's he, going on, boys? Oh, back. I'm back. He's back. Hey, hey guys. Hi. What's going on? <laughs> the night began with a 16-play, 78-yard, nearly nine-minute touchdown drive for the Patriots. Then their defense took over. Collins grabbed the line, and here comes Get Simon it. on a blitz. He gets to the corner. Ball. Falls loose. Patriots recover. <laughs> John Simon. Get to the quarterback. And now rising to his feet, Van Noy runs left to the 25-20, 15-10. Cuts it right at the 5. Kyle Van Noy is into the end zone. He's got another scoop and score. <laughs> Boogeyman, there's your weakness there, Darnold. Oh, Scott Zolak. Oh God, I'm so, so, so angry. On Patriots Radio. Now, um, he had a little snicker. He did, ha, yeah. he did a little... <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Jabroni. It's, it's, it's like really... Donald dates his daughter or something. Yeah, He's like, so take so that punk. Yeah. Get out of here. So angry for a team that just all they do is win. What right. are you angry about? How much? They, they got to be paying that guy a lot of money to be a homer to that level. Oh, oh. man, I don't think they have to pay that him was to Lapham? be like that. Yeah, that's Dave Lapham. Yeah, that was Dave right, Lapham. Yeah. He goes from the Bengals broadcast booth to the <laughs> Patriots. So I guess that that response means it wasn't Lapham. No, it was not. Scott Zolak. I don't know these people's names, dude. You know, if I never wrestled them, I don't know who they are. Really? That's fair. That's really <laughs> Mr. Maryland football. Yeah. Oh, you went to Maryland? I, uh, I believe. Or Maryland or NC State. <sighs> Big I, I'm going to say he went to Maryland. I think Zolak went to Maryland. Same color uniforms. Yeah, um, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm going to guess. Ma- am I right? Maryland it is. Did he play in the league? Quarterback. Yes. Yeah, he was a yeah, Patriots. Scott Zolak played in the league. Yeah. Oh, I do remember him now. I thought he was a yeah. lineman. Now, when no, you say Scott Zolak was a quarterback. Yeah. Oh, he wasn't even that good. And he's ripping quarterbacks? Come on. Was he right. the backup for the Parcells Super Bowl team that played the Packers? With Bledsoe, I believe he was. He was nothing compared to the main Maryland quarterback ever. Yeah, Boomer. That's right. Yes. We get it. yes we get it. Or Frank Reich now. <laughs> no, Boomer. Don't, don't. You can't. He's, Boomer's the best. Best turf This ever. is Boomer Esiason. Well, now in the league, ever. it's it's Reich. Boomer. Well, no, Boomer's league. not in the league. He's kind of in the league. He's always on TV on Sunday. No, he's not football. in. No, he's talking. He's not in the league. Reich is, you know, Reich wins a championship with Indianapolis this year. Say if Frank Reich takes down the Pats. Yeah. As a coach. The, the, Losing Andrew I mean, Luck. Did, I mean, that would be one of the great ever, accomplishments ever. Did you, know, did you ever ask Boomer why he's never coached? Uh, no, I've never I've never asked him that. You should ask him. Why? You can. You have a voice. I know. But you, you're more friendly <laughs> with him. <laughs> you I'm him. friends with him, but I don't talk business with him. I think, Boomer Esiason. I think Boomer is doing well financially outside of the coaching circles. Well, I'd love to see him coach. Yeah, it would be great. Andrew, you're buddies with him now. He knows your I name. Am. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I'll ask him. Should ask him. Yeah. Say, Mike Basegli wants to know why you don't coach. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> well, you know, guys, those basketball drives. Wow. That's right. <laughs> now we're on to something. <laughs> I yeah, mean, if there's it. one person that we know is not listening to basketball drives, it's Boomer. <laughs> oh, there's that's no true. Chance. There's no shot. There's you never do, know. There's nothing to do with you, Mike. Commute home. No. That's him through the morning. <laughs> no. Keep holding on to that, Mike. Yeah. You got no shot. Downloads up, bro. Downloads are up. There we go. Yes, there thank you. Go. Congrats, Mikey. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, so back to that thank Patriot uh, fumble return touchdown. It actually wasn't a fumble return touchdown. One of the few things that went in the Jets' way last night, review took away Kyle Van Noy's score because he was down when he recovered Sam Darnold's fumble. But eventually, Sonny Michelle ran it in, and the route continued. Darnold added four picks to that lost fumble. Six total giveaways by gangrene in a 33-0 embarrassment. It was brutal, according to head coach Adam Gase. On the flip side, the Patriots have the third 7-0 start in team history. They've all come the last dozen years. And now this morning, they are reportedly sending a second-round pick to the Falcons for wideout Mohamed Sanu. Another start this week for QB Kyle Allen. Panthers head coach Ron Rivera said yesterday Cam Newton continues to rehab his left foot injury. Allen's 4-for-4 four four filling in. Lions running back Carrion Johnson 
could miss multiple weeks with Sunday's knee injury. And Chiefs head coach Andy Reid not putting a timetable on Patrick Mahomes' return from his dislocated kneecap, but Reid did confirm they got the best possible news from a second opinion and an MRI. Washington Nationals first baseman Ryan Zimmerman is old, at least in baseball terms, so he welcomes playing up to four games of the World Series indoors in Houston. I love it. I mean, uh, for me, obviously I would have been happy playing anywhere, but to know that we have beautiful weather and 75 degrees compared to what what it could be in New York, uh, my body likes that a lot better. Game one of the Fall Classic in roughly 12 hours, Zimmerman and his Nationals face Astros ace Garrett Cole. Washington goes with Max Scherzer. Verlander and Strasburg tomorrow. Houston then starred Zach Greinke in game three. The Nats have not named their starter for that one just yet. Zion Williamson needed surgery for his right knee issues. He will start his NBA career missing six to eight weeks. His Pelicans and the Raptors open the new season at 8 Eastern tonight. Then the Lakers and Clippers square off. Yesterday was the deadline for players drafted in 2016 to sign extensions to their rookie contracts. Boston's Jalen Brown, Pacer DeMontis Sabonis, and Tori Prince of the Nets, Buddy Heald of the Kings all got their deals done. Brown's agreement, $115 million over four seasons. Michigan State's number one in the AP preseason college basketball poll. Virginia is number 11. The lowest the previous season's champ has been since UConn was number 17 back in 2014. And MLS yesterday awarded its 29th franchise to... Yeah, the yeah, neighbors from uh, Charlotte. Exactly. Close Sacramento. Oh. The Eli celebrating. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh. Eli just keeps on winning. Wow. Undefeated in the Taz and the Moose uh, Fantasy Football League yeah. and soccer's coming to Sacramento. Eli, unbelievable. Mm. What a day for Eli up there in Sacro. Hey, uh, Eli Manning. Yeah, right. Right. Uh, uh, did you get any candy for you and your kids? I did. I took, I took. well, who cares about them? I took a candy for me. Did you clear yeah, that you with some the Reese's Moose and I? I took a whatchamacallit. Don't put that box. Things. Man, that thing's destroyed, huh? Thanks, Moosey Moose. Moose is trying to get rid of as much candy as possible. Smart. So he gets heat when he brings it home. That's, yeah, that's true. Take it. That's exactly. You're not wrong, <laughs> Taz. You're not wrong. I like, what, I like what Taz said off the air. Oh, I could use this for Halloween candy to give out to people. <laughs> Oh, come on. Save yes. a few bucks. Don't do that. I mean, it could be a rough 2020 heading this way. Uh, you never know. Well, don't, don't. Let's be positive. <laughs> well, well, more importantly, okay. candy or not, you're not opening the door to kids on Halloween. No. They right. got to get past the gate, bro. Right. And then the monkeys. Here's the gate. Right. 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 The right. Yes. Yeah, the lot of, right. Yeah. The orangutans. Yeah, we've got laser, <laughs> so lo- laser on, lights right. now. They, they, they kind of get a little yeah. shocked. When they, you know. Release the hounds. And the one orangutan as Clint Eastwood comes out. Release the hounds. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut noise, honey! It's Release Halloween. The it's Halloween, dude. There's pe- kids want candy. What? Of course. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. Uh, All right, good chat. Some. Thanks for the candy. I you did. Got it. Take some pumpkins. Take some more. I got it. I got two. Did you get it? What's your no, call? No, take some more. I'll me. take four. Two. Yeah, take some more. Yeah, take more. And then you have what you will call it still. Give some to I'm your family. I'm already eating one of those. Right. Bring some yeah. to your family, okay? Thank you, Taz. Uh, you got it. And thank you to Jesse. Oh, yeah. And How many times Jesse. are we going to thank Jesse? Oh. By the way, I mentioned I'm going to be on AW uh, Dark tonight at mm. 7, 7 p.m. Yeah, 7 p.m. Eastern, 6 Central. Four Pacific. Uh, calling the matches. Yep, on the AW YouTube page. There official. you go. They have over a half million followers on that YouTube page. A big time. That's YouTube awesome. Page. Uh, a lot more than we Is have. Is it com- uh, commercial free? Yes, solid sir. straight yes, hour. Sir. Solid straight hour. Okay. Yeah, it should be good. Good match. Main event is unbelievable on this, this show that we got a chance to call. So it's a really good. It's Cody. 
uh, Dustin Rhodes and the Young Bucks, eight-man tag. Oh, wow. Uh, against Private Party, a new young team. You'll like these kids, really athletic. And uh, their teammates are strong hearts. They're two guys, uh, two guys, Asian uh, r- uh, wrestlers, just tremendous uh, eight-man match just to physicality. Wait, what are strong hearts? Strong hearts. Uh, they are from Japanese Japanese. Yeah, well, wait. I believe one of the gentlemen might be from one. I believe it's from Japan, and I believe T Hawk. I'm trying to think where he's from. I'm not sure if he's fact Japan, checker Bilotti, or I think he where might be from? from not Korea or Taiwan, somewhere in Orient. I'm trying to remember where. But anyway, uh, point is, they, this this eight man is great. You remember Dustin Rhodes, Gold Dust? Yeah, guy still is on point. Like his work rate is. Unreal. Oh, Young Bucks are amazing. Cody's great, but you, you'll remember Gold, you know, Gold, Gold Dust. Dust. Yeah, great. But is he? He's not Gold Dust. There. No, he dresses um like Gold Dust kind of used to, but red and black, not gold. And okay. He's called. He's just called Dustin Rhodes. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. So uh, and yeah, he, he 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 really his work. I mean, he's been in the business over thirty something years, and he's still he's in great shape. And he works real well. But this match is awesome. Um, so tonight, 7 o'clock Eastern time, YouTube channel, AEW Dark. Yeah, yeah. Nice. It's going to be great. Yeah, 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 yeah. And if yeah, someone's yeah. out there at 7, they can go back and watch it anytime. Well, that's the beauty, right? That's right. the world we're in now, right? Yeah. You know, it's like everything is, um, you know, on demand, right? So that's the thing with this. They've, they, they've had two episodes. That's the third episode. And they've both been north of 800,000 views. That's so awesome. So it's great, yeah. So that's it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really good. They do a good job with it. Um, T-Hawk is from Japan. Okay. T-Hawk is from Japan. And Shima, where is Shima from? Uh, Shima is his partner. And uh, I know this is filing under this is not about the Patriots, so why are we talking about Shima? Uh, he is also from Japan. All right. So both men are from Japan in the Osaka region. Okay. Okay. That's And that's cool. What was the name of that? Strong Hearts. Strong Hearts. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and that's and that's the last. That's the uh, main event later on. That's tonight. the main event. Yeah, okay. in, of the of the show, the eight man tag match is really good. So make sure to check it out. Seven o'clock Eastern time. Taz, uh, Taz, part of the broadcasting crew, analyst, uh, breaking down yes. uh, AW Dark on YouTube channel, starting at seven o'clock Eastern time tonight. All right, here we go. The undercard. Taz and the Moose present The Undercard. The stories from today's rundown that we haven't talked about on the show. All right, Mike. All right, at halftime of yesterday's NFL Monday Night Football game, there was a sneak peek of the new Star Wars movie, which is the last one in this trilogy times three. This excite you? It does. I can't wait. Comes out in December. Uh, Mid-December, I believe? Yeah, around Christmas. Right around Christmas time. I, yeah, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I yeah, can't wait for it. I'm, see, I'm not. I mean, I think it's great. I, I know people are so passionate about it. I think it's great. I've never really been into it. But, I mean, I know it's a gigantic worldwide massive thing. So, I think it's cool for fans of it. Uh, it's just not my thing. But I think it's awesome. I mean, I think it's great. It's, I, it's I thought all the, the years of history. You know? I know, you know, I mean, just the, um, the previews of it. I mean, there's three. Joker's getting great reviews. I haven't seen it yet. Everybody that's seen Joker out there, Taz, right. has basically said Joaquin Phoenix is amazing. And it's it's a dark movie, but it's really good, right? Yeah, Bad the, Guy Jones. Right. right. So you got The Irishman coming out. That's that, you know, Jimmy Hoffa yeah. mob movie that yeah. comes out in November. In theaters early November. Netflix on late November. And then you got Star Wars in December. So, the, you know, you got three big movies in three successive months. I understand there's other movies that are out there, but you got The Joker now. You got Irishman next month. And then you've got Star Wars. I'm looking forward to it. I thought the preview the, was pretty good last night. The final trailer, I should say, 
that they unveiled last night during the Monday night game. I, so there's different, there's different uh, levels of, of the Star Wars, though, right? Different, um, yeah. you know, different eras, right? That's the thing. I'm not... This is all part of the original trilogy. Okay. All right. So the ones when we were kids growing up, like what we saw when we were Thought younger. Theater and stuff. Yeah, correct. This is all kind of a... a this is after that original one. Ah. They did the prequel okay. when they initially came back, and then this is the three after what was a New Hope and Empire Strikes Back and the Return of oh, the Jedi. Oh, you're really locked in. Yes. I love Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, you too, Mike? I- I'm not a Star Wars fan. I am not. Uh-huh. Bilotti, you like Star Wars? Uh, I'd say n- no. No. That's yeah, a not. I like the lightsabers, but no, not, right. no I like Star Wars. <laughs> what? Chewbacca. I like Lightsabers, the weapon. I know, Chewbacca. I know. Bzzz. It's just a strange Bzzz. comment. It said, Bzzz. I like the lightsabers, I just don't like guy. Star Wars. It's a strange Bzzz. comment. Uh, I- Thank you. I love doing that. I'm going to do that every segment. Uh, when we have our guests on, I'm gonna Jeff Blum is going to join us next. Uh, talk a little Astros baseball. Talk a little bit about the World Series. Game one tonight, later on down in Houston. It's oh. Taz and the Moose with you. CBS Sports right. Radio. It's Taz and the Moose on CBS Sports Radio. This is Major League Baseball legend Mo Vaughn, and you're listening to Taz and Moose. On CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, baseball takes center stage tonight. Game one of the World Series down in Houston. Astros, Nationals should be a good one. Dominant starting pitching on both sides of it. Let's welcome aboard right now Jeff Blum, Astros analyst, a former MLB info, in, infielder, joins us now. Hey, Jeff, Taz of the Moose with you. Thanks for a couple minutes here on this Tuesday morning. Jeff, what's up? Not too much. How are we doing, fellas? Good to be on with you. Yeah, pleasure's ours, Jeff. And uh, you know, I, I, you know, Taz and I were talking about it earlier on. Given your, you know, given thoughts, you know, he's on the Strohs, I'm on the Nats in the series. I, I think it's setting up. We're both in agreement where you're going to get a great series here. Wouldn't you be surprised if this goes one way or the other, and it kind of ends up being a short series? I think both teams are set up here to have a to play a, a really entertaining long playoff series. I, I, I honestly, you know, now being on the media side, I really hope that it does turn into a really good series. I know that, uh, you, you know, the powers that be in Major League Baseball probably want, you know, the East Coast, West Coast matchups. But I, I like the fact that two very good pitching teams are in the in the uh, world, world Series. But I also like that a wild card team is snuck in there, too, because it kind of validates the opportunity that uh, Major League Baseball has created with the two wild card situation and having the Nationals play their way in. But it's still astonishing to me. I think if you took the numbers that the Nationals have in the postseason and maybe put a sticker over the top that said L.A. Dodgers or something like that, there might be a little bit closer odds in Vegas because I don't think they're getting the respect that they deserve. Mm. Hey, Jeff, so uh, check this out, right? Maybe break down the importance of grabbing game one for the Astros considering you know that the, the long layoff for the Nationals. Um, it's tough. And you know what's crazy is that the Nationals had a chance to set up the rotation, so they're going to go with Max Scherzer first. And the way things have worked out, the Astros actually get to go with one of their better pitchers in Garrett Cole. And that's where the importance of winning game one is, because if you have a chance to beat the number one for the opposing team, it does a couple mm. of things. It puts a loss on that team, and it also lets the other team know that, hey, we just beat your number one guy, and now we're going to go out and face your number two, even though it's this guy like Strasburg who's very good it kind of puts them in a must-win situation in that game, too, to try and split on the road, which is what you're trying to do. But I think anytime you have a chance to go out there and beat a number one and really try and set the tone for a seven-game series like this, these condensed 
series where every win means so much. Winning that first game is huge, not just for the for the numbers getting closer to that fourth win, but also for the mentality of the team. You know, uh, we were talking about Altuve the other day, Jeff. Uh, you know, you're around him. You know him very, very well. You know, small guy, we know that. He's an unbelievable player. He's going to be a future Hall of Famer as well. You know, that, that blast off of Chapman, just another thing. I mean, look at what kind of postseason run Altuve is having here for this Stroh's team. He's incredible. And you know what? Going into the postseason, he may have been one of the guys that – not. It's not that he's not on the radar, but he really wasn't one of those guys that you expected to do to be doing what he's doing, even though he's done it in the past. It's it's more on George Springer, Michael Brantley, Jordan Alvarez, some of these other names that have really popped up in the Astros lineup to say, this is who we're going to try and use to get through the playoffs. And then all of a sudden you see George Springer falter. You see Carlos Correa coming back from injury. And guess who steps up? It's always Jose Altuve, and it's amazing. With everything he's accomplished, a World Series title, an MVP, a couple of batting titles, and he still plays like he's the underdog. He still plays like he's the guy that nobody expects anything from, and yet he delivers and then gives you a little bit more. So he is one of the more impressive overall athletes, I think, in all of sports, considering his size and his ability to go out and dominate a sport like he has, because if it wasn't for Jose Altuve, the Astros would definitely would not be in the position they're in because if you unplug him from that lineup, this offense isn't going anywhere. Yeah, no doubt about it. And at five foot six, the guy is just amazing. Especially, you know, I don't think I don't think a lot of people realize Jeff that most major league ball players, you're big guys, tall guys, you know, rangy guys. You know, <laughs> this guy comes in at five six, he's unreal. Hey, uh, Jeff, so talk about the difficulty it is for for a hitter to gear back up after being off for a week. You know, I actually have experience in this. You know, when I was with uh, the Chicago White Sox in 2005, we went through the playoffs relatively easy by sweeping the Boston Red Sox, taking four out of five from the uh, Los Angeles Angels or Anaheim Angels, whoever the heck they were called at the time, and waited for the Astros to beat the St. Louis Cardinals. So we had a similar layoff, seven or eight days, and it was really interesting to see, you know, how Ozzie Guillen and – Greg Walker, the hitting coach, kind of came up with a plan for everybody to try and stay in shape because we, you know, you have got to use your relievers. You got to make sure your starters are are in shape and stretched out, and you got to make sure your timing and rhythm is down. That's probably the hardest thing with the seven day layoff is getting back into the mix. And it's one thing to go out there. What we did is we faced our pitchers. They threw simulated games every single day. We would go out there and face our pitchers, so we had a little bit of timing and rhythm. But the one thing you cannot replicate in practice is a World Series moment. And getting out there, understanding there's going to be 43,000 fans screaming and yelling, the noise, the intensity, the, the, you know, the microscope you're under, and every pitch meaning something, that's what you can't replace. So that's going to be a little bit tougher for the Nationals to try and catch up a little bit. But, it, you know, this day, this day and age and the, the importance of this series, I would imagine that the Nationals are going to do a pretty good job of catching up as far as intensity pretty quick. You know, Jeff, but speak to that a little bit. How much How much more of an, you know, how much more of an advantageous position are the Astros in? The fact that they've experienced, a lot of those guys on that team have experienced the World Series as compared to Washington. Um, I think it means a lot, you know, just in that sense that I was talking about where you don't get overwhelmed by the moment. I think these guys where the Houston Astros have expected to be here the last two, three years. After they won it in 2017, yes, they were they were beat up in 2018 and ran into a buzzsaw known as the Boston Red Sox as they went on to their World Series championship in 2018. 
but I really, when the Astros won the championship series against the Yankees, I really felt like they felt that was the series for them that maybe gets them over the hump or maybe gets them into the clear, so to speak, in the World Series, because this is where these guys want to be. They don't have intentions of getting to the dance. They want to end up being the homecoming kings of the, da- of the dance. And they beat the Yankees, and there was a sense of relief, and you could see a little bit of that joy coming back to the Houston Astros because they are on center stage. And whether you like it or not, these guys love the spotlight. There is a little twinge of arrogance with these guys when they go out and play. They want to go out there and be the guys with the target on their back, and that's why I think that joy is coming back to them, knowing that they're in the World Series, the last stage of the Major League season. Uh, you listen to Taz and Roos on CBS Sports Radio. Our special guest right now is Jeff Blum, Astros analyst, former MLB, Major League Baseball infielder. Hey, Jeff, so um, talk about the Nationals' bullpen a little bit. I mean, you think they can hold up during the series or what? Um, I think a lot of it depends on how long the starters are in the ball game. I know that Davey Martinez probably has high hopes in keeping Scherzer in there, six, seven innings, uh, Strasburg the same way, and Corbin. I think where you start to see issues with the Washington Nationals is when you start to bring in some of those bridge guys trying to get to the back end of the bullpen. But that being said, it's very similar for the Astros, too. Both these teams have very good back ends of the bullpen. The Nationals have Doolittle and Hudson, who are veterans, uh, high-velocity type guys who have been in moments where they've had to shut down some big games. And on the other hand, you've got the Astros with the Harris-Osuna-Presley mix at the back end. It's those guys in between where I think you might start to see where this series is decided is who can get from the starter to the back end of the bullpen without you know, with being able to minimize damage. Because if the Astros go out and do what they've done during the regular season, they have a tendency to wear down starting pitching and get those pitch counts elevated you know, in the fourth, fifth inning because they're not chasing out of the zone. They're laying off pitches, taking their walks, working long innings, and trying to get to that middle portion of the uh, bullpen. But uh, that's really the only question mark for me because I think Sean Doolittle's got experience against the Astros. Daniel Hudson's been a very good arm out of that bullpen. And, of course, Fernando Rodney's another guy you can't mistake either. He's got some big-time big experience and a lot of time in the big leagues. But uh, it's the in-between guys that you don't hear their names that often. Those guys might have an impact on this series, good or bad. You know, Jeff, uh, two quickies before I let you go. Number one, Alvarez. Is he going to figure it out? Had an amazing, you know, since he, after he got called up, amazing rookie year. But he, he, got at, he left a village on the base path in the Yankees series. What about the young hitter, Alvarez? Yeah, there is concern there, and I like the fact it's, it's kind of – I mentioned to A.J. Hinch yesterday in talking about Jordan Alvarez. He made the statement, I believe it was in yesterday's press conference, about Jordan Alvarez. He said he is going to be my D.H. in Game 1 and Game 2, I believe, and I think it's kind of that George Springer moment where in 2017 we saw George strike out four times in Game 1 of the World Series, and they asked him if they were going to move him, and A.J. said, nope. He, he's my leadoff guy. I'm not going to move him. And Springer went out there with the confidence of the manager and ended up being the World Series MVP. I don't an- anticipate that being the case for Gordon Alvarez, but I do anticipate maybe some of the confidence and maybe you know a breaking point happened to him in that game six of the New York Yankees series because he got pinch hit for by Aledmus Diaz against, it might have been either Zach Britton or Aroldis uh, uh, Chapman. And I think that was the bottom. And sometimes you got to hit that bottom before you can start climbing back up that ladder. And I hope that that was the point for Jordan Alvarez where he said, you know what, this is as bad as it's going to get. I've been broken down, and it's time to start building back up. So hopefully 
you know, he, he leaves less of a village on the base pads because you're right, it's been a rough postseason for him considering how good the regular season was for him. Yeah, we got less than a minute here, Jeff. You like the Astros to win this series? I do. I think it's going to be extended. I, you know, I'm like you guys. I'm a fan of the pitching and watching what they do against very good offenses. And I do believe it's going to be the Astros in six. I think they're going to have to. Re- the Astros are going to have to rely on Colin Verlander beating Strasburg and Scherzer to get through this series. It's going to be a rough one for the offense. Hey Jeff, we appreciate the time. Enjoy the series; it's going to be fun. And and thanks for uh, the info and the conversation this morning. Thanks, Jeff. No, I always appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, guys. Have a good rest of the day. Take you care, as bro. well, Jeff Blum, uh, Astros uh, analyst, and he's uh, sharing a brain with you, Taz. <clears throat> yeah. uh, Astros in six. Yeah, former uh, look, this guy's a player. I- I'm connecting with the players, so I ho- I hope he's right. I, wa- I want to see the Astros win. Uh, I give you a pop, and you take it to the uh, you well, take it you up know. the. Uh... Yeah. Speaking of pops, by the way, I'll be on. Uh, yeah, AW I know AEW yeah. Dark tonight, seven o'clock YouTube <laughs> channel. Check it out. Yeah, we got a lot of good matches. Nyla Rose versus Librarian Leva Bates. We got Joey Janela. You love Janela against Brandon Cutler, my favorite, and the big main event: Dustin Rhodes, Cody, and uh, the. Young Bucks versus T-Hawk, Shima, Shima, and uh, Private Party. Yeah. I thought, you know what? I thought of you the other day, yesterday what? as well. You know what I heard is making an appearance in Jersey at a car dealership? Who? Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Wow, that's weird. We just talked about <laughs> I it. I know. Isn't that weird? It's Taz and the Moose. Right. Till tomorrow. Peace. There's got to be a 10-second runoff here. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app.